Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. I am so intrigued and excited to speak with today's guest because she has a story that is unique to this podcast. She holds a bachelor's degree in journalism, public relations, and a master's degree in political science and public administration. She is a business owner, entrepreneur, and author on a mission to help others in the discovery of their true identities, their biological families, and dealing with DNA surprises. It is my pleasure and my honor to introduce this beautiful soul, Miss Leslie Lichtenberg. Welcome, girly. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be a part of this show. It's just your podcast. I've been listening to all these wonderful women that have gone through the tough stuff, but, you know, just working through things and supporting one another. I think that you're doing a great job on helping others. It's awesome. I appreciate that. And that's really what it is all about. You know, we women, we have to stick together. I always say we've been held back. We've always been looked at as less than, and we've always been told to be silent. And so this is the vehicle that I use to have women use their voices and tell their truths. Absolutely. It is great to have you here with me today because your story is such a compelling story. And we spoke before, you said you've had a great week. Yes. You've been really productive and now we're here. So let's dive in. Okay. All right. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself, starting with your childhood. What was it like growing up in Texas? Well, well, everything's bigger, you know, here in Texas, <laughs> bigger, that stories are bigger, badder. Um, <laughs> I am a fifth generation Texan. Um, you and I have laughed about my accent. That's where it comes from. I work, I work on it, but I, I can't. I can't oh, change it, fix it. Don't change it. I love it. <laughs> um, but I have a niece and then I have a great niece. So we're in the seven generations of Texans, always have lived here and uh, never really have ventured too far. Uh, I love to travel, but uh, and my husband is Swedish. So we spend a lot of time in Europe uh, seeing family and friends. But I grew up in Grand Prairie, Texas, which is a very, back then it was very small and grew up there. We lived in East Texas for a while. And then I moved to Arlington when I went to University of Texas at Arlington. And I never, never have left. But I, I had a normal, what I consider just a very normal, middle class, growing up life. Nothing ever seemed dysfunctional or crazy mm -hmm. too much. But, but it was a, it was a good life. Very, very fun and never did without. So I, you know, I, I guess I always find myself very fortunate, but mm -hmm. you know, as life moved on, there were things that I realized that were a little off and right. that's where my journey began. Well, who did you grow up with? Who was in the house with you? My mom, uh, which my mother passed in 2018. So mother was right at, sorry to hear that. I know she was a, she was a funny woman and she was very sweet and very loving and a good secret keeper, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> which we'll know more later. But uh, she was 78, but I grew up with my brother. And then my, what I assumed all my life was my biological father. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was six months old. And then my mother married my stepfather when I was three years old. Grew up with him actually being what I considered my father and mm -hmm. had my biological father and my stepfather. And two really great men in my life. I was blessed. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of people that don't have that type of a dynamic. You no, know, there's so many people that do not. And I, I don't ever feel like I missed out on anything like that. I, there were just so many things that as I got older, things that were said that made me begin to question my background, mm -hmm. my genetics. And that's where it, but not really when I was young people would make comments and I didn't look like people or I didn't, how, where did I get, I think we were talking about my nose and right. 
different things like that, but not anything that was earth shattering for mm -hmm. me at all. Yeah, from a cis chat, you did say that you knew there was something not quite right uh, with some of those comments surrounding your past. And so that kind of like piqued your interest to like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? It you know, is. so is that when you started your journey to the truth? Well, I think you and I laughed about in our cis chat about my brother, like any sibling says, oh, you're adopted. I mean, <laughs> kids do things like that to one another, never thought about it. But yeah. not until I was around 25, 26 years old. And my father, of course, we weren't together all the time, but we would always celebrate birthdays together and Christmas. I always spent time with my paternal side of my family. And I think the one moment that I remember the most that struck me and, and hurt me the most was uh, when I was around 26 years old around here, El Chico's was the Mexican food restaurant. My dad loved it. And I had taken him to dinner that night. And it just so happened that no one else was with me. My, I was just recently married. My stepmother wasn't with us. My husband had not gone. It was just the two of us, my dad and myself. And we were talking and he just kind of won. He came up and said, well, if you only knew, if you only knew the things that your mother had done, if you only knew the truth, Right. And it, it took me off guard because I didn't know what he was talking about. I'd really never heard anybody be this verbal. And at that time, also, he said to me, you look so much like your mother. I just have a really hard time being around you. And it was very hurtful because I remember saying to him, well, there's nothing I can do about my, my looks, how I look, what I mm -hmm. look like. I can't right. change the fact that these are my genes. And then that was really where he went into that. If you only knew, if you only knew. And I remember going home and crying. I sat in the bathtub and just sobbed and sobbed going, I don't understand where this is coming from. What is this? Then I called my mother. Him? I, you know, I did. I, I, at the time I would even say, well, what do you mean by that? What okay. do you mean? Well, I, I can't say anything else. I can't, I said, but you're bringing it up. And I think at that point I was still really, I mean, it wasn't a naive person, I don't think, but I just think it took me so by surprise. I didn't know what to ask. It was one of those things. You don't know what you don't know. And okay. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't even know what he was talking about. And after getting, you know, the, the day light brings, you know, better moments. And I called my mom and she just, she said, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. This doesn't make sense and really defended that position of he was lying. She didn't know what he was talking about. And that was kind of the beginning. And therefore now it's taken all these years later to question again and finally committing to myself to find out the truth. Yeah, so what was the first step you took in trying to find out the truth? Well, my mother was still alive. She was with a, a gentleman. They had been together for many years. And my niece actually took the Ancestry.com test, the DNA. And we were at my mom's house. And even in front of my mother, she made a comment, Aunt Leslie, we don't even come up the same on our test. You come up as a first cousin or some type sometimes people will say first cousin removed and I had no clue about any of the ancestry.com 23andme didn't know what any of this meant mm -hmm. and as, like anyone I well that doesn't make sense of course I'm your aunt and right now that I know the with having um her father being my half sibling I now know, well, that is the way that it shows up on a test because she didn't have the exact same grandparents that we would have assumed. Right. She brought it up. We went on. She's been very good about uh, bringing the family leaves and all the leaves onto Ancestry.com and really building it. And that Christmas, my mom, myself, my brother had taken the test and my husband, well, my husband, he's 95% Swedish Scandinavian. So we knew that was right. He looks right. like Paul McCartney, but we thought Paul McCartney might show up. Very but nice. It didn't. Um, but my mother and I had some discrepancies. And then my brother and I had a huge discrepancy in our testing. And even back then, really almost 10 years ago, there were still some questions with how accurate Ancestry.com was. 
oh, many people were coming up Scandinavian that were not. Well, I happened to come up almost 28% Scandinavian and no one else in my family had any Scandinavian blood. Right. Not even my mother. My mother <laughs> had zero. So that's a of flag. Course, yeah, there's a flag. And my brother being um, really literally 94% Great British. Uh, so we kind of let it go didn't make a big deal about it. And, and a few years later, my brother said, maybe, maybe we need to look into that. And I said, well, I want you to make sure that you get your test results and let's look at them. And he did the test again. And we did not match. We really did not match. So when and he my, took the test, I'm sorry. So when he no, took the test again, did you take the test again? I did not. Okay. He, he just was curious and he got our father to take the test. That's on Ancestry. So I wasn't really seeing any of that. I wasn't on, I wasn't getting onto the, the platform. I wasn't really following it. But then at a point I kept saying, you know, that your test is really taking a long time to get back. I don't know why it's taking so long. <laughs> and he finally confessed to me that he'd had it a few weeks and that we did not, our DNA did not match. Wow. And we, I really, even at that point, I let it go, but there were many other things that were going on at this same time. And I think I shared with you that my stepmother had passed away and I was at her funeral. At this point, I'm maybe around 48, 49. I'm now 59. And one of my aunts came up to me and said, oh, baby Leslie, we have never been allowed to meet you. And I, it stopped me in my tracks because I why not? What do you mean you haven't been allowed right. to meet me? You've never asked to meet me. Right. And she said, oh, yes, we've been following you since you were a child and we were never allowed to meet you. Of course, I go back to my mother with this and my mom is saying, no, that's not true. They just never wanted to see you, which is still a little hurtful at the age of 48, 49, yeah. to be told that you never yeah. wanted to be known. And I, I I didn't believe that. I just did not believe it. Not by the way they acted toward me at that funeral, not the way that they embraced me. I knew something wasn't, wasn't yeah. right. And even when I asked the questions, it wasn't adding up. Mother would tell me, we would go right through there. I, I would say, well, we were right there at Thanksgiving every year in this smaller towns. Why would you not let me meet them? They never asked to meet you. They never wanted to meet you. They're, they're not telling the truth. Wow. Things like that continued to happen. No accountability. I was asking the questions. I would ask mom the question every time I would go directly to her. Um, she threw out a name to me one time. Well, there was this man and maybe, maybe if you're thinking this, maybe it's him. And I said, well, okay. He, she gave me a name and I went down that rabbit hole. I approached that and looked at that and did the research. This didn't match up. Mm -hmm. and, and throughout this, my brother knew I was beginning to search and ask questions. And I made a couple of comments to my mother. And I mean, basically, she told me that you're opening wounds that other people are going to bleed. And if you continue down this path, people are going to be wounded. And that was my moment where I thought this is completely almost narcissistic. It was only yeah. about her, not about me. And I was I was, I was hurt by it because I yeah. felt like I, I had the right. You, you did. I did. And I questioned her about that. So why do you think that it's okay for me to hurt? I'm your child. I am your blood. I am sitting here hurting. I'm a grown adult woman and I'm hurting and I want to know my truth. And this is your journey. It is my journey. And I believe that they, I think, is it Deronda Jones that you were talking with? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is her name she was talking about the secrets and the secrets that in generationally that were when they were, when, you know, folks that were born in their thirties, their forties, even maybe fifties, that they had these secrets and they, they did. really grew with those. They grew up with those secrets and they really, I think in many times giving them a, an out to it is that they didn't know how to tell the truth. They believed that what they were telling children and their families was the truth. And they didn't ever want those secrets to come to fruition and to come out and for everyone to know it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's unfortunate because that's, that's definitely a time where, you know, 
keep your business in the house. They don't want you to tell anything that's happening to you or any of that. They have nothing on Pandora's box, let me tell you. Because <laughs> my parents, no. I've only now started learning things. Now that my, my mom is in her 80s, my dad is mm-hmm. still very tight-lipped. But my mother, now that she's in her 80s, she has been spilling some tea. I don't know if she knows that she's been spilling some tea, (laughs) but I've had some conversations with her recently that I was having now with my mouth open. Really? Because I'm like, what? What? (laughs) And I always, I thought my mom would get to that point where she would finally be, I'm old enough to say this, it's okay. And, and we were always very, very close. We were uh, truly, I mean, at time and point in life, we were really best friends mm-hmm. and maybe that was not always healthy, but I, I just, I never understood why she didn't feel like the truth would set her free and set me free. Other than the fact that I believe that she did not think everyone would be as understanding. And she was afraid that people would judge her, but there were many circumstances, many issues where I would be, you know, I had a first cousin that I'd grown up with all of my life. And when I'd been given another name, I brought it up to this cousin and she said, oh yeah, yeah, dad said something about that a long time ago. And I'm like, what? You've known this (laughs) all of our lives. And, and, and her, her reasoning was, well, you know, I thought you knew. I'm like, how do you think I knew this? Why would I have never brought this up to you if I knew it? And we talked about that. And her reasoning was, she was raising four children. That was yeah. the last thing on her mind was yeah. my background <laughs> and my history. And I get she it. Was busy. And she had a child with disability. It made oh, yeah. sense to me. Yeah. That made your sense. Hands were she, full. Yeah. I said, your hands were full. I get it. Um, I had friends that I grew up with when I got another name. And I've shared with you the funny story, I think, in front of my our bank teller, the banker one day when I was helping mom uh, do some financial, we were doing some things with her accounts, and I was b- being put on as the power of attorney, handling her finances and helping her. And in front of the banker, I brought this up, threw out the name, and we said, well, are you sure? They said, you know, Johnny, are you sure it wasn't Bobby? And I went, what? So is this an option? And of course, the bank teller is just stopped. I mean, she's just stopped in her tracks. She's like, oh, oh God. Like, oh, God, here we, what is, is it? Am I supposed to be a part of this conversation or not? And I mean, I really was laughing. I'm like, mom, I mean, this is, this is really getting out of hand. Are you just yeah. throwing names out there to throw me off? Or are these people possibilities? Good God. And that was more the meaning of what I really felt like one she may not have known my mother was a very very beautiful woman and during this time she was divorced from Mm -hmm. my what I thought was my biological father they'd gone through a divorce after having my brother and I think there might have been a couple of possibilities we're not here to judge you know she was young she was in her early 20s having fun single trying to raise a child on nothing she barely got barely got through high school yeah. and who faults anybody for that? I, mean, I, I certainly it don't. happens. It happens and fun happens. And we were in the middle of Vietnam war. I mean, there were a lot of things going on that I just don't believe there are explanations for. And that's what I always t- told her. And one of the funny things one day she said to me, well, I'm not a slut. I wasn't a slut. And I said, no one's <laughs> accusing you of this. I'm just trying to figure out who my father is. Exactly. And there were many, many times, there were several father's days that my father, that I believed was my biological father, because we basically through this, we call him my birth certificate father. Okay. And also oh, he signed a birth certificate. Oh, yes. He was, he was okay. there. He, he was all he, in. He was all in. He has never to this day, I mean, well, I was his child. He never denied me. He did not want me to know the truth because I believe he did not want me to turn my back on him. Right. And he never turned his back on me. He's always been there for me. But again, later in my fifties, he started the comments again of, well, Mm -hmm. if you only knew, and he just had a really, he just really did not like my mother. He had a really hard time, um, getting past what she had done. And 
it, he just, he really has never forgiven her. And it, it caused a problem for my relationship with him. But at the same time, he was bringing these things up. Well, if you only knew, if you only knew what your mother had done. And this is all these years later and he's starting it again. Yeah. It was probably eating at him. Oh, it had to have been, it had to have been. And he's that kind of man. I mean, he's got a conscience. He's a good person. He's fought for our country. He was a police officer for 30 years. The guy's not a slacker, but he had been living with that same secret. And that was, I, I, I don't know how many Father's Days I went through this, probably four, just both of us sobbing. And I would just ask if you just please tell me the truth. Just, yeah. just tell me the truth. Really tell torn. me, get me to the end, get me to my next chapter. In 2020, my brother encouraged me to do the 23andMe test. At the time, I did not realize that he had taken the 23andMe test. He just called me, encouraged me to do it. And I did it, did it on my birthday that year. And within a month, I had the results back. And mm -hmm. for anybody that's never pulled up their 23andMe in the, the tree, and you pull it up and right there in your face, it is my father was blacked out and my mother and my brother brought beside me as my half sibling. Your father was blacked out? My father was blacked out because he was not my father. Yeah. So on my paternal side, it's branching out to a man unknown. Right. Okay. And then you come down from that on the tree and my brother and I side by side under my mother as half siblings. Okay. It's an eye opener. Many people struggle horribly with all of these discoveries. It was, it was, I've been asked, you know, I've been asked the question, how, how did you feel? I mean, what did you do? For me, it was yeah, a I was just about to ask you that, like in I, that moment where you saw that, what was your first feeling or emotion about it? In the moment, relief. It, it truly was a relief. Not that it was, a, I mean, I know my brother will always love me it doesn't matter. I love him. I love my niece, my nephew. My nephew is adopted from Ukraine. We're just a family. We're a mixed family. Yeah. My, my grandchildren, my sons are both my stepsons. My grandchildren, I bear no blood with them, but they're my family. And I have never looked at life any differently than that. But it was a relief at the time. I think the hurt has only come through different moments when I really just the knowing that I've been lied to for so long and Absolutely. people knew the truth. That's, yeah. that's really where I think my pain comes from. I didn't come from an abusive situation. There's so many people that have such painful stories through finding out that they have a non-parent expected, which is we are called NPEs. There's so much more tragedy and drama and trauma that comes from it uh, that I did not endure. But at the same time, the being lied to and, and the secrets going on around you yeah. for so much of your life is you can't take that pain away. And then you feel betrayed. Yes. I always laughingly say that it made me, I felt like I was a cheated, like I'd been cheated on, like a spouse that had been cheated well, and everybody. Essentially you, you were cheated out of a, a relationship with your biological father. Yes. And two half sisters. I've had two half brothers. Oh, wow. Actually, they died at a very young age, both my brothers, but my two half sisters live very close by me and we never had a relationship with them. And that did part's they okay. They did not know. I, okay. I truly believe that my, my biological father did not know about me. I have reached out to both of my sisters since finding out who they were and being confirmed and they neither one they will neither one have anything to do with me. Oh, but, I'm so sorry. And it that's I think those are sometimes more the things that hurt because I get it if I were trying to do something wrong get, or yeah, get money, yeah, get money or anything. But I think when you're on the other side, from my perspective over to their perspective, I also have to understand that it's a huge it's a huge change for them. Mm -hmm. But in my particular situation, I don't think that my father ever knew about me. I think that it was kept a secret all those years. And he passed in 2000 of leukemia. I only know these things now. And I also have an aunt that was murdered uh, in oh my goodness uh, by the hands of her daughter's ex-husband. 
Oh my God. Yes. I mean, some very tragic things that I never was able to be there for my family. Right. To them, it doesn't matter, but to me, it does. It's everything. It it is. And and you're kind of left out from being a part of being even helpful, loving. But then I had an uncle who he was the oldest of these three siblings. And he actually, my, I, I had a cousin, this cousin and my uncle, they were going to meet with me. And one of my half sisters put a stop to it and was very, very ugly, very mean about it. Those are the things that are hurtful. I understand the surprise that it causes with that biological family. But at the same time, you know, what we kind of, as NPEs, we're, we're not a dirty little secret. That's one of the mantras, but at the same time, we're just a product of whether you want to call it a mistake or whether you want to call it passion, whether you want to call whatever, you know, and, and some people rape and horrible things, Yeah. but we're just a product of the situation. We're not, we're the result. We're not the cause. Exactly. And I wish that your half sisters would have treated it like you're actually a victim. You didn't even know you just found out as well. And I right. hate to use that word victim, but no, it's essentially you are the child. Yes. Even and you are a victim of the lies you are. Yeah. And, you know, we're all afraid to be called a victim, but it, you are a victim of the circumstance. Sometimes, and, yeah, sometimes it is what it is. Well, yeah. And, and where you take it from there or where you can take it from there is up to you. And that's not, it's an easier road for some people. For me, I want to be able to help people to understand that there are negatives that go along with this, but at the same time, it, it's your story and, it, and it, mm-hmm. it's okay to tell it because they're still, even when family members start to find out, they want you silenced. They don't want you to tell the story. They're more embarrassed about it themselves yeah. than you being able to be the one that steps up and says, this is my story and I'm going to tell it or I'm going to find out people get squelched and they're told not to look or not to ask. And it is your right to ask just like it is to know anything in your life. Exactly. Absolutely. It is absolutely a thousand percent. You're right. Now, what I want to know is you had already taken the ancestry DNA test. Why did your brother feel the need to have you take the 23 and me? Does that go into more detailed? Than the ancestry, or he just wanted to have like another option to like, you know, like a second opinion, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little of both. The 23andMe, when we were kind of looking at it, if you look at the 23andMe at that point in time out there in the genealogy world, there were a lot more things being said about 23andMe, delving more into the medical background. And when you're in that group, when you're on their website, I mean, they'll ask you to do surveys. They want you to uh, do surveys, just medical things, finding out characteristics about people and, and our backgrounds. And there are some people that will delve in and take those surveys. There are some people that will not. Okay. But I think that there was more about the medical history. And I think that um, I agree with you. the second opinion, my brother's in the medical field and that was, I think we just both wanted to see, he, he wanted to see it, I think for himself. Yeah. And I think he wanted me to see it for myself because ancestry.com at that point in time, when we had taken it almost 10 years ago, it wasn't just really solidifying for us and taking the 23 and me, like I said, when I, I just pulled that family tree up and it was boom, it was there. Yeah, it was right. And there. you have a hard time denying that or trying to delve in to a little deeper, but I, I think he did it for both of us. And, mm-hmm. and I think more so for me, because he knew that I was struggling and he knew that I was wanting to know the truth and I wasn't getting there. In many ways, I think he was hurting for me because he still didn't want me hurt. He, it, even when he did it, he, he was very soft about it. And, yeah. and, and that's he's not always bad. my brother's nature. He's just, he's, <laughs> he's not, but he would say to me, I just don't want you hurt by this. And it was very difficult for me to help my family and my friends to understand. I'd rather be hurt by the truth than I had the falsities. I, I, I'd rather be hurt by, by knowing. And yeah then I can move on. 
And not, not only not only that, you know, your brother, he seems like he was the only one helping you with your journey. Everybody else was. seems to want you to just forget about it. Okay, you know something's amiss, but let's not go too deep because we don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Everybody seems to make it more about them opposed to helping you on your journey. It's exactly what was happening. And I, I think in many ways he felt sorry for me yeah. uh, in love, uh, not as not, you know, we talk about the victim, but I, I think that he also saw me as someone that was being hurt, but also deserved to know the truth. Yeah. And we've always grown up that way that I think that's one of the things that we never understood about the secrecy because my mother had always been such an upfront, open, honest person, but this situation was becoming deeper and deeper and deeper. And more and more people were bringing up things around me as I became older. It was time. It was just, it was time. And and my stepfather had already passed away. He would have always understood. I mean, he just mm -hmm. was, he was just a kind person, but my father continuously saying things to me and bringing it up. And he would open that. We talk about Pandora's, Pandora's box. box. He, he would open it up again. He would crack the lid. He would. And I would be it's like, what are gaslighting you about? It was, it was just so, it was so, I can't so many times and he had been married. He remarried again after my stepmother and he remarried again. And unfortunately she's passed as well, but I can remember sitting at PF Chang's and her looking at him and telling him, you need to tell her the truth. You keep bringing this mm. up, but you're not telling her the so truth. She knew. She knew. So everybody not, knew except you. Everybody knew everybody around me knew, but me. And oh, I'm so the, sorry. The, the comments were being thrown out there, but everybody really didn't know the real truth. I think that's the funny thing about it is people knew there was something, but they didn't quite know the bottom line. They didn't, mm -hmm. they did not know the actual facts. And after many a years, the last uh, Father's Day was in 2021. And I always had dinner for my dad. And I had committed to my husband, I am not doing this again, this Father's Day, I'm not bringing it up. I am not going to talk about it when he's ready. He'll be ready. And at this point, I knew he was not my biological father, but I needed a name and he right. knew the name. He just wouldn't tell me. Mm -hmm. He brought it up again. And I told him, I, I said, if you're not going to tell me the truth, then please stop bringing it up because all I want to know at this point in time is the story, how it happened and who this person is. And if you can't do that for me, then at least let's just have our relationship. You will always be my father and let's keep our relationship where it is. Right. And at this point, you're a grown woman. So it's not like you really need him the way you would if you were finding it out as a child. Right. And I, I consider myself a very good human being. I'm very accepting of other people and their situations. And that was, that was the hardest thing to get my family to understand. I'm not judging you. I'm not going to ever judge you. I only want what I feel that I deserve. And if you, you know, I'm sorry if you don't think that I deserve this truth, but I do. And if you can make a decision, if you're not going to continue to help me, if you're not going to give me answers, I will get to the bottom of it. And yeah, that was, absolutely. that's where I'm, I, which I, I laugh because they know how strong-willed I am. They know, they know I'm a good investigator. I'm a good researcher. And I gave them an option. You'd be a part of it. I'll take this journey all by myself. You know, my husband was helping me. I'll get to the truth. Do you yeah. want to get to the truth with me or without me? Absolutely. And, yeah. I agree. And, and you know, <laughs> This journey to the truth that you're on, did you come up with any other surprises? Did anything else come out of the closet? Well, um, <laughs> well, I mean, a few. I mean, you know, finding that, you know, that one, the cousins that you thought were your cousins all your life and went to a wedding. One of my cousins got married, my little cousins got married in Cabo. And one of the young men that I grew up, well, he's my age, but we grew up together as first cousins. And I told him, you, you knew this, right? And he goes, and he was floored. I mean, he was so, and he was angry. He was he angry. Either. He said, I cannot believe they did this to you. He was more upset than I was. Wait, um, did he know? 
he did not know. Oh, okay. And but he was angry that this had happened to me and that he thought he had been lied to. But not really anything. I think for me, the biggest moment was truly finding out that my father, my biological father, had passed of leukemia. And it's so important to know our background. My mother was diabetic, but my father that I grew up believing was my biological father. He has colon issues and kidney issues, which my brother does too. Mm -hmm. But there's no leukemia in our family. And now, I mean, I hate to say that, well, it's a good thing to know, but if I came upon a situation that went, I mean, if I weren't feeling well, now when they ask me my history, I am able to say my biological father had died of leukemia and it was very quick. He only had the leukemia for a month or so. Oh my goodness. And it came on very quickly and he passed. But I think the interesting thing is with kind of going back with my half sister, she was the one person. So I guess the one thing that I think of a surprise of my naivety was in this message for helping other people is don't be surprised. Whatever you do, you're thinking you're doing it the right way and you're addressing it in the right manner. It can backfire on you. It may surprise you. I went to the sister that I thought because of what she did for a living And the spiritual things that I saw on her Facebook page, I thought this is the sister I need to address first. Uh And it was completely the opposite. I had, I got the complete opposite um, response, very, very bitter, very mean. But the biggest thing that I had to try and help her with was to understand that my mother and her father, our father had met prior, probably five years prior to her being, her mother and her father marrying, her being born. I'm five years older than my sister. So she's thinking it was some kind of a a secret affair situation, but you had to uh, convince her that that's not what was happening here. They just met, things happened, you were born and he apparently moved on with his life. Mom didn't say anything to him. I complete denial. It was a complete, it was a complete moment of denial and her anger and was more, my father would not have had an affair on my mother. I'm like, your father did not have an affair on your mother. My mother was single. Your father was single. They actually both worked in the same office building in downtown Dallas, probably having fun, met, mother was probably in a dire situation. He may have even been helping her economically, financially. I don't know. Right. There was no marriage on either person's side to have committed adultery. If that had been the case, well, I'm not judging that either, but that was not the circumstances. And trying to help her understand your mother was not involved at this point. You were not involved at this point. I was just the mere result of two people having a fling, have maybe having a relationship. We will never know because they're both gone. And this is like what the sixties. Yes. 1963. Free love. Yeah. It wasn't very uncommon for people to just be hooking up everywhere. You know, that was the spirit of that time. There was a spirit and they just didn't talk about it the way we do now. It's just yeah, not on she social probably, your mom media probably, every time you do anything. Absolutely. And your mom yeah. probably didn't say anything be, to him because she was like, you know, why, why burden him with something that, you know, we right. didn't plan for it. We weren't in a relationship. So she probably thought I'll just take care of the baby myself and keep him out of it so he can go on and have his life. Well, I mean, remember my mother and father, my birth certificate father, my father, they already had my brother and my father was still in love with her. He'd been in the military. He was away for a while. They'd gone through this divorce, but he came back to her. He, mm-hmm. he came back and he was coming to her. And that's how I know the name because he came to her home, our home. And, uh, well, I wasn't born yet. But, uh, <laughs> but came to the house and this man was with her. And that's how my father knew the name and finally gave me the name. And when he did, it opened, it was like, whew, 
I mean, Everything it just blew up. me away. It was like, oh, first time when I opened the one 23 and me and saw my brothers, my half sibling, it opened everything. And it did open that Pandora's box because then what happened at that point, I could look at my family tree and there were all these people with the last name of Carver on mm-hmm. my paternal side. And that was the name of my father. His last name was Carver. And there was a cousin that I found, and he's been very, very helpful to me. He's out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Great man. We began to have conversations and he filled me in on my aunt, my uncle. He began to fill in these names for me. And then as I was able to fill in names, I could find first cousins on the tree. I could message, find some folks, and then I think I may have shared with you in our sis chat, I had lunch not too long ago with three of my cousins, three generations of cousins. That's amazing. It is. It is amazing. And nothing but gracious, wonderful human beings. But there's some, you talk about the surprises. I mean, the fights, the family feuds that I found out and (laughs) why they were, you know, they were all close at one time. And then how they had a fight over this retail store and there were breakups. And so it, it's a saga. I, so I now you've got all the dirt time. now. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was so interesting, though, was because when I already knew these stories, when I was talking to my sister, she's denying all these things. And I said, OK, well, let me just tell you a few stories and let me tell you these stories. You tell me if these stories seem true. What let's just say they may be true. They may or may not be true. I would tell her the story. Well, that sounds right. That sounds right. Well, yes. Okay. That was my aunt or that was our grandmother. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you another story. So as I was telling her these stories, a little bit of it seemed to resonate with her, but at the same time, she just did not want to accept it. Mm. She had a friend that was into helping with DNA and she made me believe that this woman was an investigator. So she's going to hook me up with this investigator and help me find out the truth. Well, little did I know I was being set up about all of it. And I went ahead and gave this woman, Gina, my passwords to everything and said, go for it, look for it. Within the meantime, I'd reached out to this older cousin of mine because she's in her eighties. Right. I don't want these people to pass away and I don't get to know the stories. I reached out to her and my sister got furious and got mad, angry. They started texting me horrible text. Oh my goodness. That just, I I mean, my mouth just dropped open. I I couldn't believe that this was where it was going. So I just said, forget it. I I don't want anything to do with you. I'm only looking for the positive in this whole situation. I don't have time for the drama. I've had enough drama. I'm only looking for the good and the truth. Yeah. It was all about her and her denial. It's okay if you have a struggle with this. But again, it almost begins to be a little selfish feeling. I've had to really catch myself at times because it isn't just about me either. It does affect all these other people that are involved. That's something that anybody that's a non-parent expected has to understand. We can't just force ourselves in. We can't shove ourselves through the door. Just all you can do is open those doors and see if they want that door open. Yeah. If they don't, it's okay. They, yeah. And you can it, give them their space and time exactly. to process. If it's not going to be a blessing for both parties, then there's, for me personally, there's no reason for me to, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not going to stick my foot in the door and say, you're going to talk to me. This is, exactly. this is me. But I also have three nephews that live in the same city that I live in. They're in their twenties. I've never been able to meet them. Their mother now refuses to allow them to meet me. I just think it's sad because I think that there's so much love to give. I really do. And I've met my niece. Her father is a friend of mine. I've known him for 18 years. And here was this niece and three nephews sitting right in my own backyard all wow. these years, tw- last 20 years since they've been that born. Is, basically. That is so crazy. That is so yeah. crazy. It, it is crazy. They're not even far away, like in another state. They exactly. They just live right in the there. same city that I live in. It's crazy. You could have been loving them and having Thanksgiving and yes. Christmases and 
family family trips and dinners going to grab lunch with one of them helping them through life even I mean not that I'm going to fix it but at the same time being able to hug their necks if they had a tough day just the same way that I would treat my nieces and nephews that I have in my life today absolutely we all lose I think we all lose when we don't allow for those meetings to happen and at that point in time if you meet and you really don't like each other there's nothing to say there's we have people in our lives that are our blood that we don't <laughs> sometimes we don't, don't want like each either, other just let it go okay. yes now have you taken any steps to get any type of mental health care to help you process all of this I have I've actually went to a counselor I was telling her the story it was interesting and of course when I say this she'll know I didn't go back to her because at the end of my first session with her she said to me I don't understand why you need to know this you're a great woman you do just fine you've lived a great life and I looked at her and I said well obviously I'm coming to counseling because this is a struggle for me of my truth yeah the end of that session she says to me well I'm in the same boat as you but I just chosen not to go down the path that you are. And I said, well, then you're not the counselor for me because if you have no empathy for what I'm going through, then how can you empathize with me enough to counsel me through this? Right. But her job is to counsel you, not to sit here and tell you what she would do. (laughs) Right. This is also not her journey. (laughs) Exactly. This isn't your journey. You decided to have your journey the way you had your journey. I'm choosing a different pathway. Your job is to help me process it. Exactly. So really my path has been through counseling is my love with my God. I really began more meditation and reading my devotionals from the time that I learned the truth, just getting me through those tough times and praying that I would do it the right way and handle it the right way. Um, You know, we talked those triggers sometimes that make us emotional. That's one of my emotionals is that that sometimes it does feel like it's a journey on your own, but it's not. There are so many people out there that are struggling, learning these truths. We each have to figure out a way. For me, I'm writing the book. I've reached out to people like wonderful people like you that I'm able to say, this is my story. It's not the same story for everyone, but don't be afraid to question. Don't be afraid to ask. Maybe you have to do it on the sly. Maybe you have to do it behind closed doors. Maybe it's not something you reveal to everyone, but don't set it aside because it is who you are and it's part of your growth. I am a totally different person. I think internally uh, after the last two years, I'm more empathetic. I think I'm more loving. I want people to know that blood is not always thicker than water because the way that we love that's what matters. And it sounds kind of Pollyannish and maybe cliche-ish right. at times, but it really is true. And loving yourself, it comes first, but that love, that personal love has to come in your own patterns, your own ways. I think Dorinda Jones also said something about not getting pedicures, facials and all that. That's yeah, not about self-love. maybe loving yourself, but it sure does help. It, is it does help you. It, it definitely does. does. It does so- make you feel better. And your book, uh, If You Only Knew, A DNA Journey. Yes. How far are you in this book? How far did you In get? my mind, I've written all of it. Okay. On paper, I'm about, I'm probably two to three chapters in. And I'll preface this. I was reading a book about blog your book. So start your blog and that blog can become your chapters. I firmly believe the stories of what people are going through with DNA and finding out their non-parent expected children, that they're the child of the situation, it's becoming more timely. Mm -hmm. Think that people need to hear it quicker, faster. That's the reason that I'm still working on my blog, revamping it right now. Yet I am, I'm moving forward with writing the book and just fulfilling the entire book so that I can get the message out as well as I can to hopefully help other people. My story is not as, like I said earlier, it's not as tragic as many, many people that have had really tragic stories. Maybe they don't want to step out and tell the truth, but this is exponentially becoming a huge issue in our society where Ancestry, 23andMe, MyHeritage, I mean, all these genealogy, these testing companies 
are finding out the truth for many people. Yeah. It, really they laugh about around. everybody does it at Christmas. Everybody spits in a tube. Imagine spitting in a tube <laughs> and all of a sudden you find out you've got a totally different family. I'm that's telling a, you, that's so scary. It, you it open is. In this pack, that's like the weirdest unboxing ever, <laughs> you know? And on your blog, you have an entry title, You Can Pretend. Yes. You, you Who can was pretend. that about? And why did you feel the need to put that on your blog? Well, uh, really, you can pretend this isn't happening. You can pretend this isn't, this isn't existing. I'm not here, but I'm here. You can't pretend anymore. This just isn't one of my favorite things, but it is what it is. And you've got to move forward with it. So the other one is keeping the secrets that I brought up, keeping the secret. It's the damage that it can cause later for anyone. I'm speaking with kids that are in their, I say kids, they're in their 20s finding these things out. They're in their teens or 20s, their 30s, that people can pretend all they want, but the truth is going to come out. It, it oh, just, it just will. It just, what's, what's we, done we in the dark always comes to light. Yes. And with technology, the way that it is, people need to understand. There's some people that just don't know, like my biological father. He, I just don't think he knew. I have a very good friend that just found out she has a niece that her brother didn't even know he had. Oh, wow. So when these things are happening, people have to begin to she asked me my opinion as well. I mean, what, how do you feel about it? She said, I'm so excited that I have this niece, but I felt like I had to really figure out a way to help my parents adjust to it because they've had a grandchild out there for 20 something years that they've never met. They never knew. Yeah. How is it going to shock our 80 year old parents? Yeah, that's and, true because yeah, some people are equipped to deal with that stuff and some people just some people really are not. Aren't. They just aren't. Yeah. And again, we have to appreciate that, respect it, and let each person unfold their capabilities to deal with that truth because Absolutely. it can be painful. It, and I think it is very painful. So before we close, Miss Leslie, um, you so eloquently shared with us why you wanted to share your story today. What advice or tips would you give women that have been in your position? something to give them strength on their journey. What tips would you have for them? Well, first is really go to prayer and try if, you know, if you're not a believer, whatever your belief is in your higher being, go to prayer and ask for the wisdom. It's the mm -hmm. only thing I say, the wisdom of knowing how to do it. Also the strength to not be afraid to ask the questions. Any woman, any man that's in this situation, for me, it's, don't be embarrassed. You did not do this. Yeah. You did not do anything wrong. And also you're not a mistake. We're all here, right? Your parent, whoever that parent was decided if they did know, or they didn't, they decided to keep you and you've been kept here on this earth for a particular reason and let that be your guide. You're here for a reason. However you want to take that reason, whatever you want to do with it, that's, that's on your heart. That's on your soul. But there's also so many people that need our help. There are people that really do need to talk this out. Yeah. I'm not a counselor, but I'm a good, <laughs> I'm a good shoulder to cry on. I'm empathetic and I get it. But also the biggest thing is that this isn't your shame. Yeah, and absolutely. You should, have, you should not have to carry that shame. Ask the questions if you've got. And also the other thing I want to say, follow your gut. It's almost such a thing of like, well, what do you mean by following my gut? But at the same time is if you know something isn't right, or you mm -hmm. know that there are things going on around you that don't quite make sense, don't let people convince you that you're just making it up in your head. And exactly. we talk about this big thing about gaslighting. People will gaslight you. They will make you feel like you're being silly. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Don't let them do it to you. And begin to ask your own questions. And if your family is not going to help you, then lean on the experts and lean on people that, that do know how to find the truth. There's a lot of people out there. And I would like to add one more tip too, because I am a big believer in doing your own research. Yes. Do not yes. let people feed you any type of information. Go find out for yourself. There's so much technology now. Like you said, the 23andMe, the Ancestry, all of those things, those tools are out there, you know, do your own research, build your own tree, add your own leaves to it, ask yes. the questions. I love the instruction that you give. 
I do. Then there's so many people out there that I think are even affordable to help with genealogy searches. I've not gone that path yet because I'm not quite, I'm trying to just digest what I'm learning each and every Mm -hmm. day. And every time I tell the story, you know, I heal a little bit more, but my next steps will probably really be get somebody to help me fill in the leaves because I'm not very patient with it. Some people are great (laughs) at that. I'm just not that good at it. So. Well, you know, your brother got you started. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that he was there with you on this journey, you know, and he was a constant, like he was really diligent in making sure that you stayed on it. He held your feet to the fire. to He did. (laughs) He did. It's so funny because there's so many years and we all go through it that we weren't really that close for many, many years, but this was something that he knew. He just, he saw it in me and he knew, and he knew I deserved to know the truth. And he didn't really know the truth. He was just as surprised as I was, yeah. but it is nice to have a couple of people holding your hand and Absolutely. my husband, my brother, and one of my very best friends, Laura have been amazing of just don't let it go. Leslie, don't let it go. <laughs> and every time I try to let it go, they would drag me back in. So it was yeah. good. It great was to have people for you to know. Yes. Well, Miss Leslie, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation here. Now, if I feel there like are I others... talked more than you did, but well, um... it's your story. You're story. supposed to talk more than I. I'm <laughs> supposed to listen. <laughs> hopefully, now, if hopefully it was helpful to somebody in your audience. I think it will be helpful to a lot of people because there's a lot of people that sit on things and they don't do mm-hmm. anything about it. And like I said, this topic, um, genealogy, is unique to this podcast because it's a different type of survival story. It is. It is. And it's very intriguing because, you know, DNA kits aren't as expensive as they used to be. Right. You know, you can go get it at your local Walgreens. You know, you can Mm -hmm. do all these different things. So if there are others that want to connect with you regarding your story or for help in their own journey, where can they find you on your social handles? My blog, it's I am Leslie. So it's I-A-M-L-E-Z-L-E-E, which is my first name. And my Facebook is under Leslie Liljenberg. Primarily, most of my information is on my blog. And, you know, we've been talking about revamping and they can Mm -hmm. subscribe there. And I'm working on that being able to reach out to people. And that's, that's really the best. And then my phone number's on there and any way to contact me. Uh, if anybody needs help or wants to share their story on my blog, I'm happy to, to speak with them. Yeah, it's definitely a compelling story, you know, and I will be putting your information in the show notes so that they would be able to just click the link and just get right on it. Great. Great. Right. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I hate that you had to start this journey to the truth, but I'm glad that you're getting the answers that you need to move forward in your life. I'm glad that you have connected with family members. And you know, those younger family members that are not allowed to Mm -hmm. connect with you now, when they get older, they may reach out. It may still happen for you. It just needs some time because now their interest is peaked. Their parents may not want to know, but they may want to know. Exactly. I believe that. And, and, and I hope for that, but it's, again, it's up to them. And some of them, I don't even think they even know anything yet. Yeah. Well, this, when they hear podcasts like yours, they will. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. this millennial generation, this you can't hide. Savage. They do everything. <laughs> they go out and they will search for stuff. So yes, they do. They, they are definitely they, very vigilant bunch of people. Yes, yes, they are. And thank goodness for that. Yes. yes. <laughs> I <laughs> think. Like, well, you know, sometimes you you be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I thank you for our time together today. And I thank you for reaching out to me and trusting me to talk about your journey on this platform. I believe that your story is such an inspiration to women and everyone anywhere that's trying to find their heritage, their roots. You know, I think it's really inspirational. And uh, I think that you will inspire other people to go ahead and just take the test, even if that's the first step. Yep. Jump in. Yep. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Exactly. Do it. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk soon. And thanks again, Curly. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Thank you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. 
Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at SaveOurSisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.